This is the Black and White Podcast with Birch and Lauren Paul. Join us as we tackle topics about real life, relationships, growth, and faith. Through everyday scenarios, honest discussion, and a focus on unity, we'll discover together that life is pretty black and white. And also, not so much. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Black and White Podcast. My name is Birch, and I'm joined once again by my co-host and partner in crime, Miss Lauren Paul. What's happening, Lauren? Hopefully not too many crimes. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of crime. Partner in life and a little bit of crime. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So good to be back with you guys. It has been a little bit of a, a hiatus for the Black and White Podcast. I mean, so much stuff going on, just busy life. Busy wife, busy husband, busy everything. Uh, I mean, life in ministry, you know, marriage, raising kids. There's just always something kind of going on. And I think a little bit of the break was good for just kind of catching up on everything we got going on in our world. Yeah, I'd say like the the break was intentional. Um, however, the length of the break Sometimes you have plans and life alters your plans, but we're back and that's, that's what matters most. Um, we've definitely missed hearing from you guys. Uh, actually it's funny, you know, sometimes you don't realize, um, if the content you're putting out or, you know, the stories you're sharing are impacting people until you kind of get a little quiet. I've had lots of people approach me and say, what happened? I keep looking for a new podcast please don't stop. And again, um, for us, it was never really about the attention, but it it was really, really um, encouraging to hear people like take notice that we had taken a break or share that they had listened to the podcast or share specifically, um, you know, what podcasts and what is actually helping them navigate life. Because, you know, really our heart is that, you know, when you listen, we're not experts. I mean, we're not coming to you guys pretending to know everything, right? but that, you know, as God allows us to live through some things and and experience some things that what we share would help you in a way that impacts your life. And so, yeah, longer break than uh, we originally intended, but we're ready. We're ready to come back. Absolutely, I think it's been good too, because I, maybe it's allowed some people to catch up on all of the episodes we've put out. And so, I mean, there's been so many people who've reached out by text, you know, IG. So shout out to you for listening and going back and going through the archive and checking it all out. We're glad that uh, that the content, you know, either encouraged you or challenged you, uh, whatever it did, you listened. So thank you for your ears and uh, thank you for um, following along with all this. And thank you for encouraging us to, to keep going. You know, um, again, like you said, it wasn't about us getting our name out there or attention. It was about um, processing things together and... Um, having maybe something that touched somebody's life. But, you know, honestly, this is, it's super encouraging just to know that, you know, 
many of you want this. And so we're glad to be back. Glad to be recording again. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best not to take such extended breaks and um, like that, but uh, we'll, we're back. So we're excited to, to dive into another topic. And, hey, uh, a lot has happened since yeah. we last got to yep. um, connect with everyone. I mean, my goodness, 2022. Yep. You said it best, Birch. Um, you said it best. You said 2022 is coming for bodies. Yeah. Yeah. It I is. know. I know some of us, we thought like, you know, the, the C word COVID 2020 was awful. We thought, oh, 2021. And then we were like, wait, 2020 parentheses too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say 2022, let me tell you, is definitely coming for bodies. Yeah. We are just four months in. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, it, it has definitely been a year. Who? I mean, four months. feels it, like it's been a year. It doesn't feel like it's been four months. <laughs> it feels like it's been way longer than four months. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to, uh, start, you know, chatting again and dive into another topic. You know, I think, um, today's topic has a lot of, uh, a con- opportunities to connect and land with a lot of people. And, you know, you, you guys know this, you know, we love the Lord and, um, we're, um, you know, serving in a local church and have been at this local church here in Virginia for the last 10 years. But I mean, for the length of our marriage and even before that, you know, for me, for the last, gosh, um, 17 years of my life, you know, serving in local church and um, either on as a as a volunteer, you know, sacrificially giving my time or as an employed ordained minister of some sort. Um, it's been, you know, a journey, you know, my life, um, working in ministry. And, you know, I think in the last season we've experienced, um, what has been, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, of the stuff hitting the ish hitting the fan, if you will, um, in the lives of churches and the, the response that a lot of people that we're seeing be on Facebook, um, usually on Facebook, you know, social media (laughs) is, you know, has been really concerning. It's not just that, um, revealing too, I will say. Yeah. And revealing, you know, um, there, the one thing we know about churches is that there is no perfect church. And if you find one, leave it because you will make it imperfect. (laughs) There is no perfect church and there are no perfect people. And there has been there have been people who have served in high levels of the church, globally, nationally, all around our country, all around our world. Who in this last season we've been seeing time after time of uh, people falling. Yeah. When, when, and when I say fall, I don't mean they tripped and slipped and fell. I mean falling into sin. Yeah. Falling into sin, and and for many either for a period of time and definitely what have you disqualifying themselves from serving in the ministry. And, you know, that, that kind of, 
you know, this doesn't sound like a great intro to a to a topic. Um, Actually, I think it's important. It's it, a great. It intro. seems heavy, you know, yeah. but the thing is that is really happening in the lives of churches, and you know, we have certain things that we believe about how churches and elders and and pastors should be corrected, and that's not necessarily the topic that we're going to get to today. The topic is um, more along the lines of when these things are taking place, there are people who have either been a part of the church for a time um, that look at these things and find an opportunity to take shots at the church and they they label it underneath the, the banner of hurt, underneath the banner of I have church hurt. And so today we want to talk about church hurt. You know, maybe that just that term alone is something that you feel like you resonate with or that you um, connect with or that you've experienced or that you have gone through. And this is not to uh, uh, make invalid anybody's experiences, but I think there are also so many who have either declared or disclosed that they've had these experiences, but maybe you haven't quite um, either gotten freedom from or you haven't ever had a chance to express your story or you feel like you've been sitting with this and what do we do with that? How do we um, move forward in our life? How do we, you know, um, trust God and trust churches and and trust people and engage in real, uh, authentic relationships, especially with believers, when I've got, man, I've got this baggage that I'm carrying around with me that I just don't know what to do with. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say this because again, with what has gotten a lot of attention in the media right now with some of what you described as like, you know, some of the bigger churches and the moral failings and just abuse of power that's been happening. And it's not to single any church out. Like, here's the deal. If you know your history... This is nothing new, guys. Mm. Like, I think sometimes we 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 forget, right? We want to act like this is a new thing. This is not a new thing. From the beginning of the early church, unfortunately, um, because we are still in the flesh, some people will take something that's meant to be pure and impactful and will abuse the power. It happens, mm. right? So it's nothing new. I feel like that needs to be said. Like this is not a modern church issue. Right. This has been happening from the beginning of time. Most institutions, organizations, unfortunately, they're, they're, these things happen, right? I want to say this, like some of the things that I've seen, they're awful. You know, as a female in ministry, um, you know, just the thought of someone abusing their power, you know, in a way that robs people of innocence it's wrong. And I do believe that it should be exposed and addressed and handled and in the right way and in the Mm -hmm. right channels. Um, I don't really, um, feel as though if someone's hearing this, what we're not saying is if something really legitimately happened to you that was tried to be covered up or that, you know, you were shamed into thinking that something awful was your fault. This is not what we're saying. Mm -hmm. What we are saying is, is as a couple that's been in ministry together for over a decade and individually for longer than that, we've just seen, unfortunately, a pattern of, um, in a lot of cases, 
individuals who, I mean, I'm just going to say it. I've been on the receiving end of this. It's not church hurt. It's people hurt because the reality is whether it's a church or not, this would happen if you were a nurse in a hospital, if you were a teacher in a school, it's people hurt. Mm -hmm. It's relational hurt. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes wonder what it would look like if we actually exercised Matthew 18. Mm -hmm. And now this is where the conversation is for the believer, right? Because, you know, obviously when we have these conversations, we hope that this impacts the person close to God and maybe even someone who's still not sure how they feel. But, you know, Matthew 18, for those of you that are not, you know, familiar and, you know, in your Bible, Matthew 18 is very clear on how we are to handle when you feel and believe that someone, your fellow man or fellow, um, you know, sister in Christ has sinned against you, when there's conflict, when there's, um, unfortunately two people, imperfect people. And, um, in a lot of cases, expectations are not met or there's hurt, right? People hurt. And, you know, so with Matthew 18, it's super important. You know, I can tell you that a lot of the posts that I'm seeing, most of the people have not exercised Matthew 18. And let's just, for those who are listening, maybe you're like super familiar with what Matthew 18 is. You're super familiar with the Bible. Maybe you're not. Let me just read it to you so you know exactly what it is that we're talking about. So Matthew 18 verse 15 says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. This is how Matthew 18 begins. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. If they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So just to kind of break that down, the first step in Matthew 18 is pointed out to the person, just the two of you. So something happened to you. Somebody did something. Somebody said something. You didn't let me sing on the choir. Uh, you didn't return an email to me. Um, I didn't like the way that you um, uh, made that joke about me in the foyer, you know, so on and so forth. Whatever yeah, that, that fault absolutely. is, you point it out to the person. And if they listen to you, that's, this is the goal of Matthew 18. You have won them over. That's the goal. Yeah. The goal of Matthew 18 is restoration. Then it goes on to say, but if they don't listen, take one or two others along with you that every matter might be established with the testimony of a couple of witnesses. Then it goes on to say, if they refuse to listen, bring to the church. And when he, say, when he says the church here, we're talking about the leadership of the church. And then after that, they don't listen, treat them as an outsider. And so at no point in the, in Matthew 18, does it say, take it to the post. So take it to the post or, you know, my favorite one, it. because I've, I mean, I've literally been on the receiving end of this where someone says, Hey, I need to tell you about so-and-so cause I need you to pray for me. Mm-hmm. That's a red flag. Right. You know, we, we've got to be careful with that. You don't need to go tell somebody about so-and-so you need to go to so-and-so. Yeah. After you yourself have prayed about the situation, you know, a lot of times, you know, and I know this because as much as right now we're, we're honestly calling people to hire and challenging them in this area. I mean, I I mean, Birch, I've been on, I've had church hurt, Mm -hmm. honestly. I mean, how can you commit your life to something bigger than yourself that involves imperfect people and not get hurt? 
Right. You know, I have in over a decade of ministry been hurt a lot Mm -hmm. by people, church people. Mm-hmm. Jesus loving, I will be in, we will see each other in heaven yeah. <laughs> people. Right. Yeah. And I'll be honest, when I was really young and immature, man, I didn't do it right. I, I I'm telling you, you know, it's real easy to go gossip or talk about it or want to go get the consensus of, you know, other people, or in this context, go make a post, you know, yeah. to, to rally up a bunch of support from people who are also hurt and yeah. have unresolved hurt, yep. which then just stirs up more, I feel, division. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I read a book, and um, one of the books I read, it was uh, The God I Never Knew. And one thing that really stood out to me was the part that said that what grieves the Holy Spirit is disunity. Mm-hmm. It's not the thing that got you hurt in the first place. It's yeah. not the thing that hurts our feelings. It's, it's disunity. Yeah. In the yep. body of Christ. And so um, I think we should talk about that. You yeah. know, like we're not oblivious to the fact that it happens. Yeah. And and what are some really practical, tangible, you know, tangible ways? Obviously, Matthew 18 is pretty clear, mm-hmm. right? And so, and the point of this is not condemnation, but it is to like really look inward, you know, kind of mirror, mirror check yourself yeah. and ask yourself before you made the post. I'll say this too. Some of these posts, I think what really concerns me is that they are so fluffy and that it comes across as though God himself took them on this journey. And really what it is, is I did an exercise, Matthew 18. So I'm going to justify in Christianese why I don't go to church anymore. And I don't trust not just the person that hurt me, but the church as a whole. Yeah. And the other part that, you know, you and I were talking about is when someone posts that, it's just, I mean, I'll be honest, it's overwhelming sometimes the amount of people that jump in and yeah. say, me too. And and the overall consensus is that's why I don't go to church anymore. Right. That's why I don't trust the church. Right. And I just imagine like, that's not yeah. the course yeah. that needs to be taken. So have you had church hurt? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can say that, like, there has been moments where I've been hurt by a person. So I wouldn't, and I think you would agree with this, I can't qualify it as church hurt because the church, be it this specific local group of people, is not who hurt me. A specific person said something either disrespectful or led me poorly and that what they did hurt me. Now, it's easy. The easy thing is to project it onto everybody. And this is what happens. Somebody messes up. And and I'll be honest, like, it's sometimes as it begins as small as I didn't get a response to my email. They didn't let me sing in the choir. Or they didn't accomplish what I wanted to be accomplished quickly enough or not at all. And then because that one person that I interacted with let me down and they're now they're in leadership at this church. So the person who leads them has to know that they're doing this. And usually what we'll do is we'll say, well, how, how could they not know that they're this way? Either they, either I look at that, that leader who leads that person and says, either they know and they don't care 
or they have no, absolutely no idea. They're oblivious and they're a bad leader because they don't know. And we start to then spread the blame amongst the the, the group. We the, It gets spread up, around, to the side, to the leadership. If this person is even in place in the leadership of the church, that means that the whole place is bad because they're letting somebody like this who did this thing to me be in leadership. And that just, that couldn't be further from the truth. So it's like, to say that I've had church hurt is 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 not as close to the reality as much as this person did something wrong and this person let me down. And most of the time, you know, if I were to be completely honest with myself, Matthew 18 is not the most natural next step that I take because that is the most challenging work. I'll sit around and say, man, I didn't like that. And I'll talk to somebody or I'll like you said, build a consensus. And like that kind of thing, it's not, it's not right. Like I've had experiences even inside of my own church where something happened and I hated how I felt. And instead of going to the person right away, I sat on it, stewed on it, accidentally blurted it out somewhere. And if we are guilty of anything, especially when it comes to Matthew 18, we, we, we are getting everything out of order. Yeah. Out of order. And I'm telling you like that, that is, I have this whole concept that's running through my brain about like sin and the fall and how everything was about everything getting out of order. Whereas like God created man and woman to rule over the beasts and, and have dominion over the whole world. And then the serpent enters and then makes a proposition to Eve and to man and woman. And then now the beast on the ground is putting authority out of order to the man and woman. And so sin enters the world, not because Adam and Eve are just so sinful. It's because things got out of order. Mm -hmm. They should have had dominion over the snake, but the snake, the serpent took dominion over them. And so again, with Matthew 18, we want to take it to, we want to treat them like an outsider and say what we want to say about them and post about them before we even have gone to the person. And to think about those posts online, that's probably the worst part about it all is that, I don't know if this is the worst part, but this part is really bad, is they are never fully representative of what actually took place in mm -hmm. your situation. You are you pos you posture yourself, and and I would say this is ninety percent of the time. Sometimes people um, are being f completely forthcoming and one hundred percent honest, and those situations are real. But a lot of times, what will happen is we will we will posture ourselves in our post as the victim, and th that the one that was that did nothing of any kind of error. And this group, this person, these people are completely the agitators, the attackers, the ones that did everything wrong. And when you, like you said, you'll get this consensus, this, this uh, comment section will start popping off like, wow, you're so brave to even share this. You know what would have been brave? Go to the person. Go to the person. Mm -hmm. Walk up to them and tell them what happened. That that is brave, and because you know, um, you said earlier too, like even for a person to sit and pray about it, like I think that is icing on the cake. 
Like this verse doesn't even, doesn't even tell you to pray. Like there, there's times like it could seem kind of sacrilegious, but I've had people who have come up to me and they've, and, and two of my friends actually have a really good system. If one of them shares something about somebody else, they give them like 24 hours to go talk to the other person or they're, I've done that. Or they're forcing the meeting. Oh, anybody who yeah. comes to me knows that they get put on notice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're getting on a group text with this person. If you don't, if you don't mm-hmm. go talk to them yourself, but like, you know, um, where's I going with that? Like the, uh, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, I mean, I'm not sure where you were going with that, but I, but I will say, yes, that is actually a really good practice to have yep. for yourself. Maybe you're the one that needs to be put on 48 hour notice. I yeah. give them 48 cause I realize that not everybody responds within 24. Yeah. And, that's, but, and it can be a little intense, <laughs> yeah. but the thing is that their relationship is special, but <laughs> Maybe for someone, the takeaway is that you need to be bold enough that if somebody comes to you about somebody else, your response should be, great. Have you had this conversation with this person? Mm-hmm. No? All right. You have 48 hours to reach out to the person. Tell me how it goes. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, I'm group texting both of you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that doesn't make you the most popular person in your circles. No. You know, I actually, you know, we've mentored you and I, a lot of young adults before. Mm -hmm. And again, I have a lot of empathy because I was a young adult and I was not at the time spiritually mature, emotionally mature. Um, And I remember one of the um, situations with one of, with a particular group of young adult women that I got to mentor was... Like it was really common Mm -hmm. for them to go to their workplace and just be gossiping about everybody. Mm -hmm. One, in fact, said like it was super unapologetic. Like, yeah, like what else am I going to do at work? Right. Right. And I mean, we had we had some really hard conversations. I remember one in particular when I called it out and I challenged them, that person didn't want to interact with me anymore. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with the fact that unfortunately the right approach is not always the most popular Mm -hmm. approach. Mm -hmm. I will say too, I do feel as though for some that go the route of posting versus approaching the person that hurt them, there's an element of fear of man. Mm. You know, I really think sometimes we wouldn't admit it, but um, we're afraid to go and say the hard thing. Because maybe there's something you feel that you're going to lose or something's at risk, you know? Um, And I'll say it, even in the church world, I can't tell you how many times people are afraid to say the hard thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just, I was looking right now, um, this is literally off Google, guys. So the term church hurt is referred to as the pain sometimes inflicted by religious institutions a pain that distances sufferers from their communities and from God. Mm. Are we saying it doesn't happen? Not at all. It happens. Mm -hmm. But this is what is at risk if you don't approach it according to God's way is, this is literally off Google. It's a pain that distances sufferers from their communities and from God. Mm -hmm. Everybody loses. Yep. Everybody loses. Right. Absolutely. And and that's that's probably the worst part about it is that 
you distance yourself from God. You distance yourself from God. The, the one who probably in the midst of your pain and agony and um, especially when, when you tried to reconcile and tried to reestablish a relationship, the one who comforted you, the one who was close to you, the one who never left you, the one who gave you his Holy Spirit, the one who's always sticking closer than a brother. You distance yourself from him and he is doing everything in his power and has done everything in his power through, through Jesus to be as close to you as possible. It's just, it's, it's, it's so sad. It's mm -hmm. unfortunate. And it's, um, it does not have to happen like that. Right. It doesn't have to be that way. It, it doesn't have to become the, re, the, the, to become normative, to be hurt by something and then just to isolate and push everybody away. You know, I, you know, I grew up in Miami and when I was a kid, you know, this may not been the most, you know, edifying thing for us, but we, we, we fought as a kid, we fought. And I, when I mean like meet you at the flagpole at two o'clock <laughs> and I have friends that are my friends to this day and we fist fought. We fought with our fists. I'm actually a witness to this. Yes. I've, I've heard the stories. <laughs> yes. Love them to death. And, you know, would be there at the drop of a hat if anything ever happens. We still chat to this day, texting about the heat and, and you know, University, University of Miami football, mm -hmm. everything. Talk, talk all the time, see each other in Miami every time I'm down. But the thing is, we worked it out. It wasn't a, whatever issue we had, the two of us worked it out. I worked it out with him and we worked each other out a good little bit. And then we were able to win each other over again. And and now he's one of my three best friends in the entire world. And it's, it is, it's okay to do that. It's okay to work something out. Now, obviously in, in the scenario of the church, I don't believe most things that people are dealing with need to come to fists. And obviously our, <laughs> our, not. our immaturity is what brought it to that. You know what I'm saying? When we were, you know, we were kids, but, yeah, but sometimes blows don't come from fists. Words, words can cut. Yeah, They can cut, they can cut. Some people deeper. are not actually physically throwing blows, but let yeah. me tell you some, you have to be, you know, we say that there is the power of life and death in the tongue. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, it can and, be poison or fruit. You yeah. choose. So you may not be physically fist fighting somebody, yeah. but let me tell you, some of the wording and yeah. the words and the death, literal death that we speak over people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You might as well just go punch him in the face. Absolutely. Or stab him in the side. Yeah. And yeah, all that to say that like there didn't need to be a severing of that relationship, you know, after that confrontation. If anything... It created what now is an even better long lasting relationship because we weren't afraid to deal with each other. And I, I plead and urge any and every person that's listening to this, that has experienced 
some form of church hurt, be it somebody lets you down, somebody frustrated you, somebody left you, somebody abused their power, somebody left you out of it. If you remain silent and refuse to work it out, you could be missing out on the, a redemptive work, a restorative work that honestly, Jesus prayed for the last thing he prayed for before he entered into the moments of his crucifixion and his suffering. He prayed that we would be one just like he and the father are one. And so the unity that gets created through, through uh, pursuing peace that does that's not pacificity. That's not abdication. That is pursuing peace, no matter what it is, that is the place, that place of unity that God blesses. The Bible says that how blessed it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. He says there he commands a blessing. And so we're, we're wanting to experience blessing in our life and we're wanting to experience the favor of God in our life. And we think that God is, is some type of genie in a bottle that if we rub the right way, he's going to give us what we want. God is not that kind of God. He's a God of order. Just like Matthew 18 is a verse of order. God is a God of order. And if you operate within the design that he has established through his word, you'll experience the blessing of God in your life because God is not bound by us in any way. He's bound by his word. And so when he talks about how he will provide a blessing, how he brings breakthrough, how he wants to bring unity. He does that because he responds to his word, his good and his perfect word. And the first step in that process of having that restoration happen so that you don't have to walk away from God is going to the person. Man, whatever they did was not right. Whatever they said, they they shouldn't have said whatever you experienced was difficult and challenging but it doesn't have to be your end it doesn't have to be the thing that that uh becomes the period of your story it can be the comma of your story and you can you can see that the other side of that testimony can be one of redemption restoration and unity and something really really beautiful can come out of it yeah. And, you know, I'll say from experience with situations that, like I said, you know, where I had people hurt within the church, um, it is hard to confront because unfortunately not everybody, um, wants to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Not everybody who, you know, you actually exercise Matthew 18 with has the spiritual immaturity and emotional intelligence to receive it. Mm-hmm. But this is where the peace comes from. It's not, it's not dependent on the result or the reaction of the person who offended you. It's on the mere fact of knowing that you did it, like you said, in the mm-hmm. order of what is asked of you. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I've had situations, even in the church we love and serve till this day, where I had to be okay with knowing that I exercised Matthew 18. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that person's heart was not ready for it, but I was not going to go around slamming the church, slamming, you know, even the person publicly, because honestly, I had to, I had to like be bold enough to say, I understand that I'm also not perfect. 
And I had to trust that in the right timing, God was going to use that bold confrontation Mm -hmm. to plant a seed that maybe someday someone else is going to say something and it's going to click. Yep. And, you know, I have had situations where, man, it sometimes feels unfair. It feels like the person just gets to get away with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I'll tell you, I have walked through situations where it did feel unresolved. Mm. It did not feel like resolution was the end result, but it doesn't change the fact that it still needed to be exercised the way God mm-hmm. says. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you too, with time, God, God handles it. You know, there's, there's nothing someone can, can, you know, um, conceal for long enough yeah. before God's going to expose it, yeah. you know? And, yeah. um, but I just, you know, I, I would love to talk a little bit too about, you know, I think something that a lot of people are heard about right now is that I do believe that there are people who exercise Matthew 18. And unfortunately, there are situations where it is covered up. Mm. And you shared something really profound with me, Birch, when we were just kind of talking about this, um, where you, you, you even said, like you admitted that um, sometimes we as church leadership, we don't confront the thing. Sometimes it's easier, like, for example, to just let the person slip away quietly and say, oh, it, God told them to go somewhere else. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm, you know what I'm leading into, right? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think there is a certain level of, um, information that is absolutely necessary and a certain level that may not be helpful. And so, you know, I think, I feel like that's a, that's a line or a, uh, a sense, a certain amount of discernment that every leader has to take. I think the, you know, first Timothy, um, first Timothy five gives parameters for correcting elders. And I think the modern, um, uh, context of that would be probably anybody in church leadership Mm -hmm. is that there is a level of in the local body. So like, um, for instance, say, you know, I'm the pastor of Paul family Baptist church (laughs) and, um, you know, Lauren is, you know, the worship leader and, um, Jeremiah is, uh, you know, small, small group leader. Mm-hmm. Um, Zai Zai is a member and Levi is associate pastor. These are our sons. Just kidding. <laughs> and so, um, you know, hypothetically. Yeah. And so like w- the, the first Timothy five tell says within that body, like when sin is detected inside of leadership, you bring them up and you, you confront the sin and you put others on notice. Um, that's what the Bible says. It's, it's, it's so to put the others on notice. Um, I think every leader needs to determine in what um, application that on notice goes. Is it on notice in, t- in front of the entire body where you have uh, very immature Christians um, who will see that a leader stumbled and will then begin to see their... Um, 
their uh, their faith flash before their eyes, or do you put them on notice in front of other elders and leaders to ensure that everyone knows that this is this is conduct that is disqualifying um, or unbecoming of somebody in ministry. And so I think sometimes that um, tension to balance that becomes very challenging for pastors and they don't always know how to handle that. Um, I've seen a few recently and, you know, because everything's online these days, um, because that like, if it's not the church that you attend, um, the goal is that you would never hear about it because the church handles it internally. But I think with like the online world and the COVID reality where people still aren't fully gathering, churches are experiencing um, or having or walking their, their pastors are walking their churches through some of these things and are having to put it on the internet and now everybody sees it. And so now everybody hears about it and that's, um, you know, then you have to then deal with the fallout and the ramification, the questions. Um, but that, um, that level of transparency is scary for uh, a leader to have to undertake because you then have to wonder how deep, how far will these ripples go? And so the, the reality is, you know, the Bible is clear on what the steps are. Um, it's, it takes a lot of uh, courage to do it. You know, and the thing is, too, with, you know, with the Bible, it's just like the Bible is going to tell you to do some stuff that you don't you're you're not always into. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, um, you know, there's there's things that I have built my life and my foundation on that I I believe and I fully agree with. But there's also things that my theology and my view of Christ is built on that I fully believe, but man, I still struggle with it. But that's the thing about being in submission to God is I don't have to agree with everything God says. I have to obey everything God says. And so I've got to ensure that um, I'm following the word of God to to the letter um, because, you know, he's God and I'm not. And sometimes those things that um, are heavy, and that's why, you know, being a leader is not for everybody. That's why being a pastor is not for everybody. Um, It's for people who um, are really um, willing to commit to the the standard of the Word of God. Timothy also gives qualifications of an elder, and it's usually people who are not new to their faith. They're, they're not new to this um, because that kind of stuff, it's easy to compromise mm-hmm. because it's hard. And, you know, obviously I encourage people, you can do hard things, but man, sometimes those things become really difficult and really challenging and really stressful. And uh, we find ways to, um, to find technicalities or, or um, let people ride off into the sunset, you know? Um, but there, there needs to be, um, clarity in each body when when a person when an elder when a whatever you know has a um has a fall has a moral failure um the the people who lead on that type of level need to know that this is not acceptable so as to possibly put them on notice a little bit um and if anything creates an environment where I'm not living in fear, covering myself, you know, at, you know, 
Adam was ashamed, uh, was, af- was afraid, um, so he hid, you know, that we don't live, you know, in shame or fear of being caught. However, we, we, we know that this, this is a place where I'm loved and believed in and they're committed to my, my full, the fullness of my restoration. I also think too that um, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes uh, the church doesn't know how to restore the person fully. And so there's, um, there's not a plan that's thought through their full restoration because restoration includes restoring a person to their place um, back into the body. And so what does that look like for a person who really messes up, you know, um, to be restored back? A lot, a, a lot of churches don't know how to do that um, because that's a long process. And you've, you've actually helped walk people out through restoration. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it is, it's a lot of skins in the game. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately it's easier to just say, God called him somewhere else. You know, I think that's important to hear, you know, for someone like listening, maybe that's the hurt was that, you know, something happened and, you know, it was just kind of, you know, brushed under the carpet. And I really think that's important because it is easier to just say like with everything that's happening right now with a lot of big churches and well-known pastors is to say, I mean, we've literally heard it, you know, like, well, don't, you shouldn't be watching that or entertaining that. We just need to stay focused. Well, no, I think it's important to, to recognize that those things do need to be discussed because there are people who have unfortunately put their hope in the institution of the church and not fully into the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And those, I, I've always been a believer that even the worst situation is always an opportunity to teach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that with what's yeah. happening right now, not talking about it, and I don't mean like we said, going on social media and posting yeah. about it. I mean, yeah, within the context going, of an organization, right, teaching right. on it. Yeah, yeah. I think, And I think, you know, the especially in the sense of like, you know, like, um, like I think about the Apostle Paul, you know, he corrected many churches. Mm-hmm. Um but he didn't correct those churches. Like he didn't ch- correct the church in Corinth and like blind carbon copy, the church in Ephesus, the Corinth's correction. It was just for Corinth. And so um, the only issue with what is happening right now in news media is that like, it's, you know, it's, it's not coming from a, from a Christ centered perspective of, you know, uh, correction. And so when we, as the local body, you know, find a way to, um, show our people what it's like to follow Jesus fully, that's going to be the healthy thing. You know, there's, there's churches out there that are going through it right now. Excuse me. I know of a bunch. I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the guys that are in churches that are, that are going through it. Buddy of mine, <clears throat> you know, used to live out of the country, lives in the country now in the U S walking through it, talk to him all the time. And, um, you know, there's, there's a relationship there with me and him, but when it comes to the details of their church, you know, like, um, you know, that's this, this is not an abdication of responsibility. My, my trust is in that body has elders, 
that are in leaders that can be trusted. They're going to go and, and shepherd that flock. You know, if this was, if this was the biblical foundation, you know, formation time, none of us would know what's going on over there, you know, and if we did, it would come from a Christ centric kind of thing. And so I, I think the same thing with like where, where people are on Facebook, where people might be posting on social media, they, the, I, I think that, 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 You've got to really challenge yourself into thinking, when I'm posting this, is my goal to glorify Christ? It might not be to reconcile myself with this organization or this place or this church or these people, but is it to glorify Christ or is it to grind an ax? Because a lot of people have an ax to grind and they either have this like, I've had this thing going on that I've never dealt with. And now this is a great opportunity for me to now, you know, for lack of a better expression, come out the closet with whatever I'm going through. When for a lot of people, it's like a bomb was dropped because you're like, wow, whoa, we did not know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we had no idea. You know, if you, you spoke obviously about, you know, um, Ephesians four, it says in verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath mm-hmm. and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you mm-hmm. along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah. This is the part why we say. We are not minimizing what happened to you. What we are saying is the Bible is very clear. Yeah. And unfortunately, the tone of a lot of these posts and a lot of the attention is a tone of bitterness, Mm -hmm. a tone of anger, Mm -hmm. slander. Um, I've seen wording that was like, I won't say what church, but it's a big church. And like, there's just the tone is everything that the scriptures tell us put away from you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say if the person made it right. Yeah. If the result was the way you wanted it. It's like, put it away from you. And then what is the response? Be kind to one another, mm-hmm. tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave yeah. you. Yeah. And I get it. It's hard because forgiveness, when it doesn't feel like there's resolution or justice, it doesn't feel good, right? Yeah. yeah. But just remember the Jesus who literally gave his life for us while yeah. we were yet still sinners. Yeah. This is the kind of forgiveness that yep. is asked. Yeah. And, you know, again, I do think we talk a lot in this podcast about boundaries. I think in a lot of cases... Forgiveness doesn't always mean, and we did a whole episode on this, on forgiveness. Mm -hmm. For somebody, you need to hear that your forgiveness doesn't equal that that person continues to have access to you. Mm -hmm. Boundaries need to be put in place. But you have to, like you said, Birch, you have to look inward and ask yourself, is the ultimate goal of what you are communicating to glorify God? Or is it... To cause disunity. Maybe just one last thought and um and we can sum it up. I think um I think one thing that's true uh about the Bible is the Bible says as so much as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. And um I think that connects and ties to the peace of you know, I'm extending forgiveness. 
That doesn't mean restoring the relationship, but that that does mean that I'm going to live as much as it depends on me at peace with all people. And if I can, when I'm in the situation, when I'm in the moment, yeah, I'm going to go to the person and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with whatever it is that's between us. If that doesn't work. And here's the thing too, about Matthew 18, the goal is restoration, but it's not always the outcome. And the, 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 the Bible tells us that you, you just don't associate with them if that, if it comes to that. And so just bring it all back around. So much as it depends on you, you live at peace with all people, go to the person. If it doesn't work out, bring in some other people If that don't work out. Bring in some leadership. They don't work out. Don't associate with them. But it's so much as it depends on you, you did what you could do. You tried. You 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 went to the person. You had multiple attempts, and it didn't work out. And you know what? That's something. the The way that that person responds, the way that that person uh, repents, the way that that person reacts to whatever it is that you have to say, is not something that is within your control. You can't control how they act. You can only control what you do. And I just think that as believers, at the end of the day, for those of us that have placed our faith in Jesus, we are going to, we are the church. And when we talk about church hurt on our Facebook, all the people who are on our Facebook who don't know Jesus are looking at us like, aren't you that same group of people. And man, we are, I'm talking about making it more difficult, more challenging, and probably even furthering the gap between us and a fallen and broken world that needs the hope of Jesus. If the church people are fighting amongst themselves like this, why do I want to get in on that? That's exactly right. If, if, if the church people did something wrong and then they don't, instead of, instead of, you know, going to each other and talking about it instead of meeting each other at the flagpole, they, they want to go to the newspaper. Why would I want to be a part of something like that? And so I just feel like so much as it depends on us, live at peace with all people, go to the person, try to work it out, make your voice known. And I'll say just for myself, as a person who has served in leadership at a, at, at a church for the last 15 to 17 years of my life. I I don't I don't know who you are, but I don't know what you went through. I don't know what you're currently go through going through, but I commit that when people come to me, I'll listen. They'll be heard. They'll be considered. They'll be protected. They may not get the end result that they're hoping for, but they will not be brushed over or invisible because God sees you, and so each one of us can see you as well, too. Yeah, and so just, you know, if you're like me, I I like to have action steps. Um, You know, we gave you a lot of our thoughts and our perspective on just the idea of church hurt, but really defining it as people hurt, right? I just think it's important, again, um, Matthew 18, exercise it in the right order. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also... Check yourself outside of some of the horrible things that happen. Like if it was just like Birch described, they didn't respond to an email. 
you felt you got slighted for, you know, an opportunity in leadership or they, I mean, this literally happened to me. I had someone come to me and say, I said, hi to you in a foyer. You didn't say hi back. Mm. I literally never saw them. Mm. Like I'm talking about these type of scenarios, mm. right? That unresolved, unexpressed start to grow into something so much bigger than the actual thing that happened. Check yourself. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you let somebody down? Right. Like you have to, this is where I mean, you have to really learn to extend grace Mm -hmm. and recognize that people do let, let us down because we also let people down and, you know, have the hard conversation, have the hard conversation. I think the other thing we want you to take away is before you post something on social, ask yourself, is the point of this post to glorify God, draw people closer to him, Mm -hmm. love his church. Or is this a venting session Mm -hmm. that shows everybody that I have unresolved hurt, unresolved conflict, you know? And then I think, as you said, a really good one is to ask yourself through the filter of so much as it depends on you, Mm -hmm. be at peace with everyone. Mm -hmm. Peace doesn't mean agreeable. Peace doesn't mean artificial harmony. Peace is like, Doing the hard thing. Yep. Doing the hard thing. And I mean, I'm telling you, I promise you, if we do this, can you imagine the impact the church can have? Mm -hmm. Because this is what is at stake. The church was never meant to be a country club and a group of people that are just like, the church was meant to be on mission, preaching and sharing the gospel. Not sharing the gossip, sharing the gospel of what Jesus did for them and not sharing the gossip of what man did to me. And I think if we can get back on track to the original mission, the church will be stronger, relationships will be stronger, and the impact will be far greater than anything we could ever hope, ask, or imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So good. And... uh... Yeah, this is so good to be back podcasting again. Glad to be recording again. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Black and White Podcast. We hope this episode encouraged you, maybe built your faith, inspired you to go and invest in a relationship and do the hard work. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear how this podcast is either ministering to you or affecting you in a positive way. You can reach out to us at our Gmail account, Birch and Lauren at Gmail, or on our social media platforms, Lauren Nicole Paul on Instagram, and my name is Birch on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, maybe some suggestions about some upcoming content in the future. Thank you once again for checking out the Black and White Podcast. This is Lauren. My name is Birch, and we're out of here.